What's going on, everybody? This is Spooks McGee with the Late Bloomer Podcast. I got the man Pure Comp in the building. What's good, bro? What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You already know, man. Um, I want to go ahead and get started, but before we do, I want us to, in pure DMX fashion, start with a prayer. But instead of us praying, I think that we should do what you said, which is read the prayer uh, number three. Let, let him do it himself. What do you think? Yeah, I like that idea. Let's get it. All right. Alexa, play Prayer 3 by DMX. Here's Prayer 3 by DMX on Amazon Music. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. And I am forever grateful for your love. This is why I pray. You let me touch so many people. And it's all for the good. I influenced so many children. I never thought that I would. And I couldn't take credit for the love they get. Because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, I take time out and pray. And I say, you be my crutch. Lord, I am not perfect by a long shot. I confess to you daily. But I work hard every day. And I hope that you hear me. In my heart I mean well. But if you'll help me to grow. Then what I have in my heart. Begin to show. And when I get going. I'm not looking back for nothing. Because I will know where I'm headed. And I'm so tired. I stand before you, a weakened version of your reflection, begging for direction, for my soul needs resurrection. I don't deserve what you've given me, but you never took it from me, because I am grateful, and I use it, and I do not worship money. Mm. If what you want from me is to bring your children to you, My regret is only having one life to do it instead of two. Amen. Amen. Damn, X. Woo! That man, he had a fire in him, bro. Yeah, facts, man. That's why everybody loved him, man. 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 That was powerful, and it it just seems to be speaking to the situation pretty pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like he's saying that right now. Wow. You know, we were looking at the slipping video, and it's like his whole career started with this video of him in the hospital struggling to survive, and then his, that's the same way that he fucking dies. This shit's crazy, dog. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I, I watched um, Detroit. Shout out to my man, Detroit, man. I watched the YouTube reaction they did. <coughs> oh, yeah, that was powerful. Watch Kata. Yeah, it was dope, but, you know, I was thinking about something that he said when he said that a lot of our artists in hip-hop, you know, they, Profits, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Rest in peace, DMX, man. Let me say that off rip. Yeah, rest in peace. Earl, Earl Simmons. Simmons. Earl Simmons. Wow. Wow. The thing about it is, um, people often say that the prophets, they often reference the prophets, like the people who had the abilities or were chosen by God uh, in the scriptures, you know? And they always want to put these people on a pedestal, and then for some reason they forget about their whole lives, like as a whole. Like they forget that you know David was chosen by God at a young age to kill Goliath and become king, but at the same time he still ended up killing somebody for some pussy. You know, that's a fact. <laughs> you know, they want to talk about how Moses led the Israelites uh, 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 to the Promised Land, even though he didn't make it, or why he didn't he make it? Because he had a temper problem, and he was you know. He just didn't listen. He just disobeyed God. And it's according to these scriptures, if that's the case, you know, y'all talking about people like Solomon, David, Joseph, um, Abraham, people who, you know, were flawed people, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, one thing that people tend to forget 
is that every prophet that you see in the Bible led a fucked up life. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Niggas wasn't happy, man. <laughs> they, none of them was happy. They called Jeremiah the weeping prophet, you know, because all he did was, was, was whine and cry about the situation that he was in and the situation that his people was in. You know, and and it's the same thing with our modern day prophets today. They not they not living happy lives, and they speaking things that they don't necessarily want to speak and see, but it's reality, so they got to do it. You know what I mean? Right, and you, and you know what? It's not like this is a glamorous thing to be someone who is in the forefront, and your job is to like you know speak uh, to the people and lead the people. In most cases, these people are persecuted. Facts. I mean, the prime example is Jesus, but then you got Martin Luther King. Then you got, we talked about this shit last week. You got people that are, like, prophetic in their lifestyle and, you know, dedicate their whole lives to uh, helping people. And uh, humanity just shits on them. Yeah. Prophets is never liked in their own time. It's always hindsight when you realize the gift that somebody has. And that's why a lot of people tend to show love after people are already gone. You know, and, that's, and it's crazy. A lot of people condemn people for doing that, but sometimes it takes a tragic event for somebody to realize the value, the value that a person holds or anything, really. When you want something, the value is extra high. When you get it, the value goes low. And you lose it, and then the value is high again. That's how it goes. That's just human nature. Hmm. You know, we just got to start appreciating these people when they when they still here, like give them, giving them their flowers when they can still smell it. And yeah. I'm proud to say that I've been... I've been on the DMX is the GOAT of all-time bandwagon since 1998. This ain't no after-death thing with me. Right. It was my idol, for real. Wow. Well, tell me, tell us a little bit what X meant to you, you know? Man, besides just being a hometown hero, man, X's music... Are you from Yonkers? You say what? Are you from Yonkers? I used to live in Yonkers. My whole family's from Yonkers. I'm from Mount Vernon, the city next door, which he was born in. Okay. You know, it's all 914 Westchester County. I used to live on School Street. He, he lived in, he from School Street Projects. You oh, know what right. I'm saying? My father, he's a family friend of mine. Yeah. My father, my father's actually in um his autobiography book. You know, my That's father, he does a couple stories about my father, some of the, some of the um, times that they had in the past, you know, but. And you never yeah, met him? His music saved my life. And I, I don't even mean a lot of the, like the early stuff. That's what a lot of people tend to talk about, but like it was this song called "The Rain" off of his his Grand Champ album in 2003. That song saved my life, man. I was in and out of a mental hospital. You know, I was quote unquote suicidal and everything. Right. And I had that that song on repeat for like a month straight, and I kept just hearing them say, "Now I know only I can stop the rain." Mm. You know, I gotta find peace with the Lord. I don't want to find the peace with the sword. I can't afford to. Mm. You know. And, just listening to that song over and over again, it changed my mind as far as to, you know, being in that mental space to where I wanted to do something to myself or remove myself from this planet and mm. realizing that, you know, I'm stronger than that. I'm not that weak to where I should, I should do, do something like that, you know what I mean? Right. And just, just to realize that there's other people out there who's going through similar pain that you're going through and gives you kind of strength to pull through and just, just keep moving, you know? And then coming from somebody who I idolized from day one, it just solidified it for me, you know. So, man, actually, he was so special to me and everybody in my family. Mm. You know, it, this is such a. I honestly feel like <sighs> recipes to all our fallen soldiers, but I feel like this is one of the biggest loss, maybe the biggest loss that we've taken in hip hop. No disrespect to anybody else, right? But, right. You know, this this is this is something big this is something serious this is a major loss that we took in hip-hop man mm. and i'm not trying to belittle anybody else but right. x really meant a lot to a lot of people for a very long time and in a way that most people most celebrities don't they they don't touch people the way he did right a lot of people could say that they they have that kind of effect on fans the way he did like even if you never met him you know him. right and the brother, um, Abib, said the same thing. He was like, X saved my life on numerous occasions. Like, can you imagine a rapper, like a gangster rapper, saving young black men's lives and helping them expose 
their emotions and talk about their mental health and their physical health and and their spirituality on, a, on in public, <laughs> you know. And so, this is the Late Bloomer podcast. So I'm one of the guys who kind of missed it, and even from a distance, not being a super hyper fan, I could see how powerful his presence was. Um, and you know, I was I grew up in the church and I was sheltered, but there was stuff that passed through the radio that came on and you're driving in the car from one destination to the next. And you know, it's it all the stuff that everyone knows. You know, you've been eating long enough now. Stop being greedy. You know. I That's one of my favorite DMX songs, by the way. I just heard that shit just now, um, and and then like you know, of course, party up, and then like you know, the the Rough Riders anthem and all that shit made it my way. But like I said, I wasn't. I'm a late bloomer. So as far as listening to, I just I just listened to "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot" for the first time. Um, it's very good, and uh, I'm going to listen to the whole catalog, and I'm going to review it. I'm going to uh, you know react to it in real time because I think that. Um, you know, people might be interested in that, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it, man. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was watching uh, the other day. I was watching first time reactions to DMX music by like young folks, teenagers, and stuff right. like that. This was before he died. This is the day before he died. I was watching. Wow. You know, wow. so I like watching you know people react to stuff that I personally love that I got a connection to growing right. up and all that. So I'll be checking it out. Okay, yeah, for sure. But, um, man, it's just so many layers about this guy. I mean, if we want to start from the beginning, it's like, you know, from early on in his childhood, uh, it, he had it. He, he, he wasn't supposed to win. Like, basically, his life was set up, just like most of us, to be failed. Um, there's no way. I mean, no father, uh, you know, someone, you know, that he trusted, gave him a lace blunt, got him addicted to crack at an early age, 13, 14 years old. And he struggled with that for a long time. Yeah, man. X been through a lot. Matter of fact, I put you onto the, his autobiography. Did you check that out? I've been listening to it. It's a it, the the woman who's reading it is kind of like amateur, so it's kind of like throwing me off a bit, <laughs> you know. But I, it, it would have been dope to hear X read it. But uh, um, I, I'm listening uh, here. You know, I'm listening to it, and it's interesting because just like. You know, he uh, he's a complex dude, and most of us are, but most of us don't have the ability to express it in the manner which he did. You know, and and even though he was good at expressing himself in raps and stuff like that, he actually was kind of not really good at talking. Like he talked too fast; you can't really hear him. You know. Yeah, he, he <laughs> seemed to have a lot of thoughts going on. Yeah, rapping one time. It's moving. His words to string together properly. Yeah, time. yeah. But, you know, but he, the mic though, he did what he did what he had to do. And that's, right. That's part of the reason why he touched so many people is because, like you said, every everybody's complex. Right. Everybody might not be able to get in touch with different aspects of their complex self. Mm-hmm. So when you hear somebody like a complex artist who's able to express different things that seem to be contradictory, but they're really not. They're just aspects of humans. Yeah. That's what makes you attached to somebody connected to somebody especially an artistic person or art, somebody who's an artist you know yeah he touched so many people and that's that's actually how i try to i emulate that in my music that's part of the reason why i connected with him so much because i felt like i could relate to him in certain aspects and so i try to i try to make the same type of music the music that you could feel that'll last longer because everybody goes through emotions Right, and that's the I thing. Everybody's in the club party and driving Rolls Royces and all that, so right. you can't relate to that. But everybody can relate to being happy, sad, all that, angry, everything. You right. see what I'm saying? So, right, and that's the thing. I like the idea, and I, and I, le- I leaned into this idea not from uh, DMX, but from uh, uh, Kanye, who probably got that shit from DMX, which is, <laughs> which is like being complex like yeah you love god but you also love ratchet shit because you're a human yeah you love you know uh your family but you also like you know hoes and stuff it's just like this is how 
we are and the people that don't express every uh, aspect of them of their personality and of their existence they become like stifled and then they start acting like really strange because the things that they that they enjoy bad or good they have to hide it and pretend and that shit that shit eats you up inside yeah definitely and so i'm not saying that it's right or wrong to be on both sides of the spectrum a lot of people say well you got to you got to choose the, the the righteous path and you need to go the right way and that's the way you should go. But those same people are the ones that be doing sneaky shit. Like you know, I don't know, man. Yo, have you ever heard um DMX on Kanye West production? No. What? Grand Champ album. <laughs> go check it out. It's called uh I think it's Dogs Out. Dogs Out. I think I think that's what it's called. It's called Dogs Out. Wow, I gotta hear first, that. One yeah. of the first songs on the album. Yeah, send that to me, bro. Okay, so we're talking about him as a child, growing up, you know, fucked up, having you know issues. You know, he was a he was a street kid, like for real. Like he like he so like we were talking, looking on the video, how he talked about it so casually he was doing robberies and shit like that, and like he really just like went to the dark side. Like he really didn't care. And I think that that is like a form of suicide. Just not, just throwing all caution to the wind. It's almost like people like Pac were like begging to die. Like it's the only thing that would make them feel better is if they would just die. So they put themselves in dangerous situations just because they they wanted to feel alive, you know? Yeah, facts. A lot of people are like that. Hmm. And it's sad, you know, because it's mostly our people. Yeah, it's true. But hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> I seen some really reckless rednecks that do some wild shit, bro. Real talk. Real talk. Facts, not So they did mention something um, on the thing was his obsession with dogs. And I think it's interesting that people like he wanted love. He got the love he wanted from the fans and stuff like that, but. The, the the love that the affection and the care that he was looking for the, that unfiltered uh, type of affection that only a pet can give you I felt that shit bro I felt when he said that it's like you know there's no bullshit behind it there's no ulterior motive I mean maybe he might be nice to you because he wants food but other than that like a dog is like genuinely there for you and I can't explain it I can't I don't know why it is but it just is it's like they really are like for you it's it's really interesting i had a dog once followed me everywhere i went anytime somebody my grandmother was trying to beat me and he jumped onto my grandma like trying to fight my grandma to protect me (laughs) so it's like yeah i think it's crazy like you know humanity is so just cruel that his he found peace in these in these wild animals you know yeah and it's, it's not even all animals it's really dogs just dog, yeah. He talked about cats, and he's. I was listening to the Drink Champ. He was talking about how he hates cats, and if he sees a cat, <laughs> uh, uh, you talk about when his. Uh, he said that his dog killed his, his ex wife's cat. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he, didn't he say a rhyme about how if you see a cat on Forty Something Street, then it's getting run over yeah, or something? Over, yeah. <laughs> he's Yo, a wild everybody dude. Everybody need to check out that Drink Champs interview. First of all, that was his last interview. Wow, and that that was one of my favorite interviews that he ever did, and I said that before he was in the hospital, had the heart attack, and nothing like that. Shout out to Nori for that. Did you like? And that interview was kind of creepy because I remember, and I ain't never told nobody this. I remember when that interview first dropped, like a month or so ago. I was watching it, and I was dumb happy to see X looking healthy and seem coherent. He was talking regular, yeah, and he he seemed you know. Regular degular, like he was good. But as I watched it, I was like, yo, this doesn't feel right. Because hmm. the things that were being said by him and then the love that they was giving him, I appreciated them giving giving him the love, but it felt like it felt like a tribute. You think Nor you think Nori knew something? I ain't saying that. I mean I'm not saying it's not true either, but I I don't know. That's not for me to say. But right, 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 right. I felt I felt that way when I was watching it. It felt eerie, and I was like, "Yo, 
it feel like he ain't gonna be here for long. But I told myself, yo, chill. You, you know, you don't got no no reason to be thinking like that. Get that shit out of here. Right. And you know what? I, he also said on that interview, if I could die, if I if I die tomorrow, I'll say that I died happy. But it's like. When he said that, they were like, whoa, whoa, dog, don't be saying that kind of shit. Don't be talking that kind of shit. But something about him know- knowing that he should say that is strange, you know? Goes back to that whole prophet thing. Right, right. Now, I know you, I, I, I don't want to put Nori in a bad position, but do you think a lot of people are saying that him giving X shots and stuff and having him in that environment was bad for his sobriety? I don't know. You know, we don't know what X did in this private, uh, you know, when he was, when the cameras wasn't on him. Yeah. You know, and we don't even know, I haven't heard anything from any of the family members saying that he actually over, overdosed. So I don't even, I, that shit is fishy to me. Yeah. There's stories about him just having a heart attack as a result of a COVID uh, vaccine. There's stories of him having an overdose. There's stories of him just having a regular, you know, heart attack. But, we don't know. There's stories of him overdosing and then they had to give him the adrenaline and then the heart attack was a result of him getting the medicine to keep him from overdosing. Some sh- There's like so many different things, you know? And that's what makes it suspicious to me. You know, it's just because X always been, you know, somebody that exposed the industry and, and talked certain things that a lot of people didn't want you to talk. Yeah, but that's the thing. I don't know what it is about us and black people in general uh, about death. Especially for someone of prominence, the first thing we go to is conspiracy. Yeah. But look, if you said that to the fucking family of the Tuskegee niggas, right. and they probably say the same shit. Like, we can't act like these shits don't be real. Like, we can't act like Ronald Reagan didn't really drop crack off in the hood and shit. We can't yeah. act like conspiracies don't be true sometimes. Now, some niggas be wilding. <laughs> be like the president is half lizard and all the other weird Pocket's still alive. Like that. But... There's certain things that's real. Yeah. There's certain things that's plausible, should I say. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying for sure definitively this happened or that happened. I don't know. Right. But it just does seem weird that this man was in what seemed like to everybody the healthiest and happiest time that we've ever seen him since 98. True. True. You know, and then all of a sudden he, he up and go do that. Like, come on, that doesn't even really, it doesn't really, I, mean, I know people relapse. I know that, but it just doesn't seem just doesn't seem right. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I didn't see an addict when I saw him on Drink Champs. I didn't see somebody who was struggling to stay sober. I didn't see that when I saw him on Versus. Um, so I just didn't see that. I didn't see somebody who, like, you know, you see somebody and you're like, oh, he's going through it. I saw a healthy, happy man that was... Enjoying the later years of success, you know that's what I saw. Yeah, exactly, and and we never saw him like that. We when you just said that, you know, you can see some people be like, "Yo, they going through it." That's what we saw every time we saw X for the most part. Right. But recently, in recent years, we didn't see that. We saw a different a different X. Like he was happy, he was healthy, he was good. Hmm. Like I saw him, you know, like okay. There was a um. They were shooting him in the locks. Was shooting a video for that um for their new joint. I can't remember what it's called. Hmm. And um, they was they did a little live or whatever. I think they they Facetime Swiss Beats and everything. Now you had the whole locks in there. They were smoking, bud, drinking, and all that. You didn't see X touch none of that shit. Hmm. He didn't touch no drink. He ain't touch not even no bud. He ain't smoke no weed. Nothing. Hmm. He was in there rocking with him hard body. So you know what can we say to Nori really? And you go, it's drink champs. Right. You know what's going on. Yeah, you, yeah it's like, it's not what, like he was going to church. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't going to the church podcast on CBN or nothing like that. He was going to the drink <laughs> champs. He know what the fuck, yeah. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. And we could sit here, we could speculate all day, we could come up with all kinds of reasons as to why he's gone, but I think that that type of stuff, it, it distracts us from what we need to be looking at, which is the impact. And, uh, like, that's the thing. Like, we talk about these prophets and these people in the books. Like, people talk about King David and how he killed Goliath. That's what they talk about. They don't talk about Bathsheba. They just don't. Um, And I just feel like, you know, it's so easy for us to pick apart 
all the shit that was wrong with people. But like someone said on a post, they were like, man, if, if DMX gets more love than Eddie Van Halen and this award show, I'm going to be so mad because he was an addict and he was a bad influence on kids and he was this and he was that. And I was like, bro, what was Eddie Van Halen? Wasn't he a drug addict? And it made me think like, what is it about black men being uh, addicted to drugs that we just cannot tolerate? We have no tolerance for. It's just like effective marketing. You talk about the war on drugs, the crackhead, the ooh, it was just this big like, you know, uh, demon that, you know, was like a huge figurehead. Like th- this character they created was so dark and demented that it's the only image that you think of. It's, like when I say crackhead, the first thing that comes in your head is a black dude, you know, with ashy lips, you know, you know, fucked up clothes and messed up skin. That's the image that comes in my head immediately. Am I wrong? Nah, you're not wrong. But this this crackheads of all races, ages, and I was I used to live in the street. I used to go to Peachtree and Pine. I saw Asians. I saw white people. Yeah, there were a lot of black people, but I saw all kinds of crackheads. But when you say crackhead, the first image that pops in our head is a black man. Effective marketing. Yeah, we 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 know we know the reason why. Of course, <laughs> we know the reason why. Of it's course, just a, it's a it's a skin thing, man. That's so weird, man. Just, but, I mean, it's the same thing, like with the law. Like, if you get the same amount, if you got the same amount of crack versus you know the cocaine, you get more time for the crack than you will the cocaine. Right, right. And you see what I'm saying? Like, it's it's the same thing. We right. know what it is in America, yeah. man. And they said that they that the war on drugs wasn't about race, but there's so many people that were a part of these types of uh, organizations like the DEA and stuff like that 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 clearly said on numerous occasions, like, you have the blacks, you have the Mexicans, like, they're, they're trying to come into your neighborhoods. Like, they often implied this, you know. Uh, they try their best to hide it, but it's, it's plain as day. It was just a big... It was... It was a big mess. It was, the whole thing was a mess. But we're talking about DMX. <laughs> so, so, right. Right, right. That's what they want us to do. They want us to just start using his death as a talking point to talk about black America and how we deal with drug abuse and all this other let shit. Me, let me just say this. I'm not tolerating no DMX disrespect. I just want to put that out there. If you got something negative to say about X, don't do that shit around me. I, I, I'm telling you right now, please don't. Right. I'm just, I'm just getting, just putting that disclaimer out there ASAP. Right. Your talking. Right, right. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. The one thing that I noticed about uh the situation that I was looking at uh another thing with DMX was that he was an amazing talent and he stood his, his ground amongst amazing talents. Like he was neck and neck with Jay-Z. They were Jay-Z. He was bigger than Jay-Z. Jay-Z was opening up for DMX back then. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine? Wow. And and right now, I think at this point, it's easy to say that Jay-Z is probably one of the most popular rappers besides Drake. I think maybe Drake surpasses him, but... And like talking about right now, modern, most popular rap, most recognizable rap names, you got Jay-Z, you got J. Cole, you got Drake, but um, DMX is standing right there next to him, and it's crazy. And wasn't there supposed to be in a group or something? Yeah, it was supposed to. It was Murder Inc. The original Murder Inc. was supposed to be Jay Z, DMX, and Ja Rule. <laughs> That's crazy, man. They got a couple songs out there. Yeah, they got uh, it's Murder. Yeah, um, I, I heard the songs. Yeah, they kind of was like playing too much on the murder thing. It was like, okay, we get it. You kill people, you know. And so I'm glad they kind of got away from that <laughs> because they were just talking about killing people all the time. Like that was I the mean, look in, in that <laughs> in that time in hip hop. Yeah, that was the thing. That was the 
was that was the thing. Like that was the that was the form of braggadocia. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's how gangster you was, how tough you was, and shit like that. That's right. Just, it's, it's no different to me, in my opinion, from when everybody used to rap about how nice they was in the mic. You know, early '90s, '80s, and stuff like that. Right. It's just a form of braggadocia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gang- yeah. Gangster rap. It is what it is. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear stuff like uh, that. It's obviously just like, um, what's the most ill shit that I could say about how I killed somebody. Like, I'll pull your spine out from your neck. I'll, 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 I'll hit you in the nose and, and, kill, and hit your brain with your nose bone. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, what's the most outrageous thing you could say? And so, I, I caught some of that on the uh, It's Dark and Hell is Hot album. It's like, um, people talk about Eminem and all the dark shit and like wild shit that he be saying and Biggie and shit like that. But, I mean, I'm listening to a song. He's pretty much talking about having sex with a 15-year-old girl in front of the guy before he kills him. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And it's like, this type of shit is not, like, to be taken so literally. It's like, he's just trying to be the most outrageous. Yeah, like a lot of people talk about that that bar right there. Yeah. That's from the song X is Coming from His Dark and Hell is High, which is one of my favorite songs on the album, by the way. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's talking about that, and then he got the kids singing on the song. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so fucked up. <laughs> but look, a lot of people don't really, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a horrorcore song. Like, think about it. The hook is one, two, X is coming. That's Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is based off a horror movie. So, of course, it's going to say some wild, outlandish shit. Right. That's what, that's what the damn point is. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got you got in movies and, and other shit like that. You got graphic things like that too. And I don't hear nobody really tripping on on them on the same level that they be tripping on rappers. Right. It's right. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like everybody know these niggas ain't really out here doing that crazy shit that they saying. Right. 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 We knew Eminem wasn't raping his moms. <laughs> right. Come on. Right. Right. It's just art, man. But, yeah. you know, that, that song right there is one of my favorite songs. Not not because of that, but just, it's really the beat. Matter of fact, I remember when I, when I, um, a long time ago, when I was in, like, middle school or something like that, I wrote, like, I want to say six or seven songs to that beat. <laughs> like, like, just because the beat was so crazy, yeah, I remember yeah. I had a whole clip full of verses that I could just spit at any time that I wrote to that beat. <laughs> So those producers you were telling me, um, they had a lot of in-house Rough Rider producers. Yeah, yeah, like uh, for DMX's first three albums, majority huh. of the beats was Dame Grease, Pete Killer, uh, Swiss, and um, Irv. Irv didn't do that much; he he did some, but huh. some of the big joints like the um, What's My Name, that was Irv. The intro off his Dark and Hell Is Hot, which is a fucking epic beat. Right. That Irv did that one. Swiss only did one beat on um, X's first album. Most of that was Dame Grease and Pete Killer. But mm. Swizz on the second album and on, he started really, he started really producing a lot more songs, and they was bangers too. Right, right. So like, yeah. And if you if you watch the Rough Riders documentary that they had on BET yeah. a couple months ago, they talk about how that dynamic right there caused beef between the producers and Rough Riders, like Dame Grease and Pete Killer. They was kind of tight at Swizz. Because Swizz came after the fact and was just getting all the love and all that. When the owners of the, of the Rough Riders, D and Y, they Swizz's uncles, so they felt like he was getting favoritism Nepotism. to him yeah. by letting him produce most of the beats on DMX's second album and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, for the first couple albums, it was all it was a formula. He had a lot of the same producers, maybe one or two from another one. Hmm. So um, I was saying this to you earlier. DMX and Swizz uh, together is kind of like, you know, magic. Like, you know, lightning in a bottle is kind of like Dr. Dre and Snoop when they got together. Yeah. That's dope, man. And a lot of people don't know um, that Rough Riders anthem was was Swizz's first joint. How does it go again? Boom, 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 boom. That one. Yeah, I was talking about the sounds that they used. Like, I thought that the sounds, like the instruments, they sound like cheesy, you know? But the drums, they hit hard. Yeah, like, I don't know what kind of system you was listening to, <laughs> but the production on that first album was crazy. Which one? The, it's Dark and Hell is Hot, the first oh, album. Oh, okay, okay. That's, uh, cause I saw, like, a bunch of albums uh, before that. So, the, it's, dark as hell, it's Dark and Hell is Hot came, and then right after that, and then there was X? 
Nah, nah. Right after that was Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. They both came out in 98. It's Dark and Hell is Hot came out in like May of 98. And, all, and Flesh of My Flesh came out in like November or something like that. <laughs> and so, and so, right in that time window, two albums in one year, they both went back to back platinum, some shit yeah. like that. Both of them sold like five mil, shit like that. Has anyone ever done two albums in one year, gone platinum? No, they say they say that uh, Pac did, but the the second album that he dropped that also went platinum was his posthumous album, the Seven Day the Seven Day Theory, mm. Dark Illuminati joint. So I don't know if you would count that, but you know I don't, I'm not mad at people who are counting that. But mm. X did it with his debut too. Pac did it with um, All Eyes on Me, and then he died, and then the Don Illuminati came out, and that did the same thing. So those are the only two who did it. Wow, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. So someone like myself. Wait, hold on. And then he dropped Belly in December of that year. Wow, wow. That's crazy. So he had a wild ride. And so someone, you know, working like that, I mean, you got to be on something to be able to work that hard, you know? Yeah, they say the story was um, he dropped the first one. And um, Leo Cohen from Def Jam came up to him and was like, yo, you think you're nice or whatever? Like, yo, you, you got another album in you? You can do it in 30 days. I'll give you however many million if you can finish this album in 30 days. Wow. So X went in there and, and just knocked that shit out. But see, a lot of that them them songs was like old joints. A lot of people don't realize this. I'm a super duper fan, so I know this. But a lot of the verses and stuff that he had on his later albums is like he wrote before he even came out. Like he used to run around Yonkers and like other places battling niggas with the rhymes from his fourth and fifth album. Wow, wow! Like in the early '90s. A lot of people don't know that. Wow. I knew some of those rhymes when the, as soon as the album came out. That's kind of with me and Kanye. Like I knew, like all oh, this joint from the little early stuff, and he had to revamp it because he got a bigger budget, you know. Yeah. And shit, if someone drops fucking money on me, I'm I'm gonna get my hottest verses and revamp them. Like no, I might have got a couple streams off that. That's the thing. People be wanting to throw away old lyrics. Like man, if that shit ain't hit a hundred thousand, a million, man, take them shits and revamp them with the bigger budget, man. That's, that's the smart thing to do. And it's not like you're going to run out of content because you'll be writing stuff too while you release the old stuff. And so you'll just have like a huge back catalog. I think that's where people like Pac and, and X and people like that just like are able to be so prolific, like Gucci Man and stuff like that, where they can create so much content in so little time, you know? Yeah, like and and you know that song. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the the joint from uh, the Belly soundtrack, the um, Top Shotter with with Sean Paul, DMX, and Mr. Vegas on it. It's like a what? Reggae song called um, Top Shotter. Some people call it Here Comes the Boom. Here comes the boom. Alexa, play Top Shotter by Sean Paul and DMX. Top Shotter is only available with Amazon Music Unlimited on this Echo Dot. It's free for 30 days, and then you'll be automatically charged $3.99 a month. Cancel anytime. Terms in the Alexa app. Alexa. Should I start your... Be quiet. I was low-key going to buy it. I, I was just about to buy it, but fuck it. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Yo, that song is crazy, but... Top no, Shot is only available... Up. Alexa, be quiet. What do you say? Alexa, shut up. What do you say? I said the reason I brought that song up is because that's actually a dumb old song that he did. He only used, like, because the song that came out on the Belly soundtrack starts off with DMX, and then they got Sean Paul and Mr. Vegas doing their thing on it, and then X comes in with, like, four more bars at the end. Well, that song was one of his old songs, and all he did was use the first verse of the original song and the hook on that and let Sean Paul and Mr. Vegas jump on it, and it was a big hit. Damn, I have to hear that. I have I, see. That's the thing with the whole late bloomer thing. Like I said, I caught a couple of hits. I missed a lot. And actually, that's another thing. Never saw Belly. Oh man, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it, and I'm going to review it. I'm gonna watch it. That's the whole concept of this whole show. Is I'm gonna watch a whole bunch of old shit that I missed, and I'm gonna watch it with fresh eyes. And I'm gonna you know talk about it. So yeah. But I've Man. seen scenes from so, it. So what DMX movies have you seen? I think I saw Romeo Must Die, but I don't remember it. He was in that movie for like five minutes. Right? Okay. <laughs> I don't remember it. 
I don't remember it. And then, uh, so what other DMX movies are there? Never Die Alone, Cradle to the Grave. I think I saw Cradle to the Grave on TV. So he was like Pac. Like he was like everyone's, you know, looking for some some Pac type energy, and he gave them what they needed. Like when Pac after Pac died, right? That's crazy. So, what do you think of him as an actor? I feel like, I mean, but I might be biased, but I feel like he was a, he's a great actor. A lot of people say that, though. Yeah. I mean, but didn't he just act, didn't he just brood in the, in the camera kind of act? Roles, yeah. But, but, but everybody, every, everybody that's seen the movies that he did say that he killed the roles. So, he's kind of like those guys who got the one, the one trick. But they do good when they do it, like uh, Jason Statham or uh, uh, who else? Um, who else? I'm trying to think of more people that that are one, that are unit like they pretty much play themselves in every role, but they do it really good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you mean. A lot of people say that about like Will Smith. Yeah. So is that kind of like that kind of actor that you thought he you think he is, or like that, like where he's just like, hey, you want X, I'm gonna give you X. In this, well, I can't really say that because, like, okay, in Belly, yeah, that was DMX. Okay, we didn't even have to get in the character for Belly, right? That was him. Okay, now, but in movies like um, Cradle to the Grave and shit like that, yeah, he, of course, he was doing crime and shit, but he was he was softer. It was all about his daughter and shit like that. And another thing, he um, he did multiple movies with like Jet Li and like Steven Seagal and shit, like nice. movies and shit. So that was um. That might be another thing that people say that you know he he had a he had a thing for doing those type of movies, but I liked them. Fuck. Didn't he do some of those straight to DVD like Seagal movies too? What do you mean? Like the the low budget Steven Seagal joints where it's like straight to DVD? Nah, I don't think everything was box office. Really. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Even the joint he did, The Never Die Alone, that came out in the theaters. So he sold a movie. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy, dude. So, I mean, people like him, like, you're not supposed to get a chance. And when you get that chance, it's like, he's just like going at a thousand miles per hour, man. Yeah. Damn. Damn. And the thing, you know, never mind, I'm not even going to say anything. Nah, nah. You good? You sure? Yeah, I don't want br- to bring up certain things that people can take. Okay, okay, yeah. So about the whole Rough Riders deal. So basically they heard him, they picked him up, uh, Def Jam signed him. Uh, Before he had made the agreement, wasn't there some type of a spoken word contract where he had said, you know, yeah, I'll do this Rough Rider shit, but you're going to need to give me part of the company. And it was just like a – they didn't have nothing in writing. Yeah, pretty much. You know, there's been some controversy between him and and some of the other folks about that, but – it didn't affect their relationship from what I could see. The public didn't see any beef between them or nothing like that. But he did leave and start Bloodline Records. So how did own. how did Bloodline go? Are there any artists that we know that came from his label? Uh, that you know, nah. Uh-huh. Big Stan, which was uh, Big Stan, was um, on a couple of X's albums. So you know, you might if, if all his albums were platinum, so multiple million people heard these people but you know they didn't know them as independent like doing their own thing solo acts and stuff like that right like bizarre royale and and big stand and a couple people like that but nah nobody so kind of like on them. some rap a lot like indie hip-hop shit yeah i guess you could say that okay okay so the whole situation with rough riders so basically uh he became their the main breadwinner two platinum albums in one year several movies under the rough rider emblem he's carrying the whole damn label and then eve drops and she makes this big ass fucking record that goes like straight to the top number one and it's all on the back of x and he doesn't get a cut of the label that's crazy man that's what they say <laughs> like i said i'm not gonna talk i'm not gonna talk about business today month. right 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 you feel me but that's what they say wow if you mind you, they started Rough Riders together. It's not like Rough Riders was a thing and then they signed DMX. Nah, they all started together. Wow. I mean, think about it. Rough Riders. 
DMX on that dog shit. Rough. Rough. rough you feel me? Like, yeah. All of that. Like, if you look at some of his, you know, old posters from way back in the day before he got signed, it said Rough Riders on was he a was he a, a biker like a like a motorcycle guy? Beforehand, I don't know, but oh. I know he liked riding four wheelers and all that kind of stuff after he got on. But the bike thing that was that was something that they the other ones brought to the table. It's not he didn't bring the bike thing to the table. That was somebody else. Oh, okay, okay. But that's one thing that I that I think is interesting too is that I mean. Every every time you thought of a biker, you would always think you see like these old white guys with like uh, handlebar mustaches and like you know chains and spikes on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they kind of like brought biker bikers biking and, and BMX to uh, like the forefront, like <laughs> extreme biking to like the the hip hop scene. I can't yeah, think of anyone. Right. But they used to do stuff like that in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, they they used to do stuff like that in the eighties, like. But not like like the Rough Riders did. Yeah, like you'd be like a hundred and fifty dudes on all kinds of bikes and four wheelers and, and gangster dudes too. <laughs> it's so, kind of you know, that was a little different, but right. It's kind of yeah. like um, what Pharrell and them did by bringing skaters out to the forefront. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to bring out. You know, yeah. the whole skating thing nowadays. Yeah, probably still on it like they was maybe five ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so you got so I'm, let me tell you which one I'm gonna listen to. Uh, it's dark and hell is hot. Flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. Uh, and then there was X. Those yeah, are the, that's the first three. Those order. are the three that I need to listen to to get like the rudimentary, like really understanding of the of who X is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you could also get the Rough Riders compilations. Oh, okay, okay. Because they came, they were sprinkled in between them. They got five of them up there. Right. They got five Rough Riders compilations. Oh, wow, okay, yeah, I'm going to check it out. And you know what? I'm a huge Jada Kiss fan. I've been, because I'm from Jersey. My, me and my brothers, we just love listening to him spit, especially when he and Styles P go back and forth. It's just like, wow, you know? Yeah. Um, so I didn't know how involved he was in this whole uh, thing. Like I'm, I'm looking at the slipping video, and oh, holy shit, there's fucking Jada Kiss. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, like they all from, they all from Yonkers. Like they all was Rough Riders before the Locks um, got signed to Bad Boy. Right. Before Rough Riders was a label, they was just management. Yeah. And they was managing DMX and, and the Locks, and you know some other folks. So, um, what uh, Kanye said, I felt like bad boy street team. I couldn't work the locks. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so they just couldn't get the locks, uh, as a, as a group to really like break through to the mainstream. Well, they was focusing on DMX. That was their main bread and butter. It was like, this is top dog right here. This is who we pushing. But Diddy, back when he was still Puff Daddy, yeah, he wasn't feeling DMX like that. He was like, he's too rough, his voice is too whatever, he ain't marketable, we ain't gonna fuck with him. But right. I'll fuck with them other three. So that's why he kind of like started trying to make this pop rap with like the shiny suits. Exactly. And... That's, why you get, that's when you get the, if you think I'm Jimmy shit with the locks and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then DMX came out, yeah. and he blew up with the same way that he was, and the locks was like, hold up, that's us for real. We want to go back to what we where we really come from. Right, right. And I thought that was funny looking at like Jada like in the background of these videos in those stupid shiny uh, platinum uh, suits and then, you know, puffy platinum clothes. Like seeing Jada kiss in that clothes, how he was able to go back to the street shit, I have no idea. <laughs> but he was like just the there. Street certified, man. They ain't got no problems. Yeah. Yeah, trust me. And, and Yonkers, they, they good. So they, they um they actually uh, started like a, a juice a smoothie place, didn't they? Yeah, juices for life. Damn, that's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah, Styles P, he the one who really on the the whole health wave. You know what I mean? Like they all do it, but Styles P's the one who really spearheaded that whole thing. I like what they doing with juices for life. Right. So here's the thing. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. Now, are you uh practicing uh Judaism? Oh, yeah. Nah. <laughs> I often I'm see you posting about like, like Sabbath. I'm a, I'm a and... Hebrew Israelite. I want everybody to know that. 
So what's the difference between a Hebrew Israelite and a Jew? Because it seems to be pretty similar. You 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 uh, you practice the the Shabbat. You uh, you practice a lot of the traditions from Ju Judaism, right? I mean, all that stuff is in every Christian Bible you can open up. Oh yeah, the fourth commandment. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like everybody talk about the Ten Commandments. You know, on the Sabbath, that that's in the Ten Commandments. That's not one of the other commandments. Yeah. That that people don't really know about when everybody talks about well, I follow the Ten Commandments. I ain't lying. The Sabbath is in there too. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep the holy. And you know, there. that's the thing. I haven't. I used to do the Sabbath. Uh, every Saturday as a seven day Adventist. Um, Friday, Sunday, Friday, Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Every week it was holy time, and I probably haven't done that in about ten years. I've been talking to my friends like are still Adventists and saying like, uh, not in an Adventist way, but just uh, just in general, putting that reverence, taking our day off of work, and really doing it like how I did back in the day. Ten years I haven't, you know, practiced the Sabbath, bro. And I go to church on Sundays, but it's for a couple of hours. Then I go back to doing my whatever I do. So I don't really put a whole day aside, you know. Yeah, I mean, you should look into uh, something called circumcepting rhythms. What's that? Just just look it up. This is basically how your body works in cycles. And circumcepting, septin is the prefix that's used for seven. Oh, okay. And so. How your body naturally fits in with the whole Sabbath thing, like it's you're made for it. Oh wow, that's crazy! Yeah, you're, you're yeah send me send me a link to that in the yeah send me a link to that in the messenger. But um, yeah, I was saying that I was bringing that up because I wanted to point out that there's a lot of people that make rap music or are like big, and they might have religious beliefs, right? But they don't like put it out there. And I keep comparing Kanye to, to DMX, but I feel like there's only two rappers I could really think of that aren't Christian rappers that was saying Jesus and God and, and, and really like proclaiming his name over and over again in public places, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, but if you really look at it, most, most if not all of these rappers out here all have some kind of spiritual or quote-unquote religious background, especially those from the South. Right. A lot, of, a lot of this stuff is influenced by gospel music and stuff, and, and a lot of them started off, even the R&B singers started off singing and doing all that stuff in the church. Yeah, and I was thinking about the beginnings of like the, the hip-hop in the Bronx and Yonkers and those places and how it was so heavily influenced, like even Staten Island, by these 5% uh, uh, nation and these Muslim people. Yeah, even exactly. the like slang that we use, like when we say "ock" and "what's good, God" and shit like that, all that shit comes from the the uh, five percent nation. Exactly. <laughs> all of that, you know, like Wu Tang, they old thing, they still do rock him. Yeah. All of them heavy on Nas, early Nas. Right. All same thing with the whole five percent of. So, do the Hebrew Israelites do something kind of like what's the math, where they have to like you know keep you up on on your knowledge, like what, like I want to hear. What you got, brother? Like, you know? Well, yeah, they call it mathematics. Like, what's today's mathematics? And they'll, they'll start running. So I don't want to say it because I don't know I don't know it like that. Yeah. I'm not. That's but, not my thing. But do people but, in the you know, Hebrew Israelites. Like, any one of them. Yeah. Will pop up and say, yo, what's today's mathematics? And they'll give you a whole joint. It's fire. That's, yeah, I got it. I saw one video where, what's his name, was doing it as, uh, uh, what's his name? As, uh, RZA. He was playing RZA and he did it. Oh, word. Yeah. I'll show you the clip, but um, is there like an equivalent to that with the Hebrew Israelites, where you guys like challenge each other's knowledge and try to like you know keep us keep each other up to up to point? Do you have gatherings, or are you just an individual person who just like kind of practices on your own? I mean, they have different they have different uh, factions, groups. They call camps, and different camps do different things. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So there's no one universal thing that everybody does. It's really just how you and your camp get down, really. Okay. Yeah. My uncle is actually a Hebrew Israelite, and I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while, but he's kind of like, you know, he he used to be Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah, I mean, Seventh-day Adventist with the whole Sabbath thing, you know, it, it seems good. That's that's great that they're doing that, but it's, that seems to be where they stop with it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, what about everything else? <laughs> right, you know, right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know why I, I started talking about, oh, because DMX and what he did as far as like 
you know, pushing stuff to the forefront as far as like, you know, proclaiming God. I thought that that was interesting because he, this guy that I was talking about earlier, who was all up in the, all up in Van Halen, uh, uh, dude, um, was like, okay, well, yeah, okay, X had his problems. Did, did Van Halen ever proclaim the name of God in public over and over and over again? No. No. So I'm sorry, bro. I I know that's who you like, but X is a genuine, real dude. And like you said, I keep listening to him, and the more I listen, the more I'm obsessed with it. I'm kind of on a rabbit hole type thing, you know? I keep on... And listen, this is a good rabbit hole to people fall into. <laughs> real like get into dmx I've, I've been saying this for a long time like that dude was was to me the greatest of all time and i it, i'm not just saying that because he died i've been saying that been saying that. you can look at every interview i ever did or anything like that they ask me who my influences are shit like that i always start off with, with dmx that's the first name i always say wow love that dude man any interview even the interview i did with you, you it's in there the straight the straight out the den joint Oh damn! I have to look that up. That's crazy. <laughs> all right, so so we, it looks like we're at an hour. Um, we probably can talk about this all day. But um, do you have any projects or anything that you're working on that you're about to drop soon? Oh man, I got one, but I don't know if I'm ready to announce it yet. Oh, okay, okay. It's a collab with with some people. Okay, with one of my one of my family members from Yonkers. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so, well, what about the old stuff? Tell people about some stuff that's already out that they can check out. I'll put the links inside of the uh, description when I upload the episode. All right. So, first of all, y'all can check out my website, purecompmusic.com, P-U-R-E-C-O-M-P, music.com. Got all my music on there. Uh, my last album is called Clinical. Came out last year. That album is phenomenal. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. That's that album. And, and the thing is with that, is and I, I don't want to compare myself or anything like that, but like, I've always said I've been open with the fact that X was an influence. That album, I feel like you're closest to X on that shit. It, yeah, yeah. It kind of, I kind of, as far as being heartfelt and a lot of the personal issues being aired out on it. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's it feels like that. It feels like that. And I told myself when when X passed and transitioned that you know what I'm gonna make it my mission statement to try to keep on that legacy that he had. And try to fill that void that he left when he passed. So that's what I'm doing from here on now. Do it. So check out that clinical album on PureCopMusic.com. And since we were talking about the the Hebrew Israelite thing, I got it's reality. From the synagogue, it's reality. Yeah, it's reality. Shout out in there too, man. Yeah, I be, honestly I keep playing the uh, the other joint. Um, it's reality. I, I I I haven't really explored it deep, but that other joint that uh, the clinical. The clinical? Yeah. That shit, I played that shit a couple times, man. Like, it's great. I appreciate that. Especially that, that one about mental heart. health. That shit is deep, bro. It definitely sounds like some shit X would do, for real. Yeah. Damn, bro. That shit's beautiful. Um, but I know it, you might think I'm just talking shit. I really do like that fucking album, bro. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. I believe you, man. You know, me and you, we tight anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got faith in what you say. Thanks, brother. For real, man. Maybe one day we can do another show. Um, I think that as far as like really diving into like the biblical stuff, because I do talk about that stuff a lot, I might want to hit you up. Like I'm thinking about doing a whole episode about Exodus because there's some crazy stories in there. Wow. You want to do that? Let's do it. Yeah. I got some because I'm writing a book on, oh. on the subject. <laughs> Damn. On Exodus yeah. or just the Bible? You say what? On oh, Exodus or just the Bible in general? Well, it's, it's the Bible in general, but I go into Exodus. And yeah. it's not just biblical. It's, it's basically bringing, um, you know, secular evidence and things and different sciences that, that correlate to the Bible. It's, it's deep. It's deep. It's going to be 21 chapters long. It's called From Milk to Meat, Biblical Truths Unveiled. Okay. I, you know what? Let me tell you something. I was in somebody's house doing pest control, and on the desk was a copy of Belly on DVD. And on top, and it was sitting on top of a book by KRS One called "The Gospel of Hip Hop." <laughs> Isn't that crazy, bro? Yeah, that's dope right there. I, I haven't got a chance to read that book yet, but you yeah, know, I, I definitely I'm, I'm aware that it exists. Right, and that's the thing about hip hop. It's 
it has a biblical type of feel to it. It's like, it's so epic. It's so bigger than life. It's so, you know, and then like, I feel like if someone were to write like a scripture style King James Version Bible where the characters were rappers, it would work, you know? <laughs> yeah, that would work. That would be dope. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But that would be a long project, man. That shit would take forever. Because there's so many characters, like so many rappers. And that's the beauty of rap and hip-hop in general is that these people, you, you can see the characterization of this. You see this the humanity bleed out and the individuality. Like you hear someone's voice, immediately know who they are. You see their face, you immediately know who they are. And... You know, we that that's rare in a world where everyone is just like, you know, in their own world and, you know, you see a person's face and it doesn't register. You don't remember people's name anymore. You don't know phone numbers. You don't know, you know what I mean? Like for for us to be so personal with these with these icons, it's just these are just regular humans, you know? Yeah, and just, just let me just point this out. Yeah. I wanna say that and I don't think anybody's gonna have a problem with me saying this. Okay. Max had the most distinctive voice in hip hop history, and I don't think it's up for debate. No. no, I don't think there is is and if anybody says anything, if you hear DMX, there's there's no way in hell that you're going to confuse it with being anybody else on this fucking planet. Right, right. And I think that there was a little bit of a of a rift between him and Ja, even though they were kind of close, where he kind of was like biting off of his sound, like kind of sounded like him a little bit. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little beef, you know, because <laughs> if you really look at it. Ja Rule and I, you know Ja Rule. I usually like Ja Rule too. I, I fuck with Ja Rule. Rule three three six. I like, like, yeah, I like it. He actually, I was listening to he visited some of that stuff, and I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is actually good ass music. I love it. And I'm yeah, like, I fuck with Ja. You know, fifty yeah, fifty yeah. He really fucked our heads up with that shit. Like he really tricked our minds into thinking that Ja was whack. <laughs> but all the war, he did what he's supposed to do. That's your ops. That's what you're supposed to. Right, him. right. Can't exactly. Be mad at him. Exactly. But yeah, ja Rule, he don't really talk like that. When you hear X talk, he really talk like. Oh yeah, that. yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? Anybody, yo, imitate DMX. Everybody's gonna do the same. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the uh, the Aries Spears uh, sketch where he plays his mom? Yo, yo, real shit. Yeah. I feel like I'm the biggest DMX fan on earth, right? Yeah. Man, I saw that video for the first time a couple of days ago. Never saw that before. The Mad TV life. sketch. Yeah, the sketch, the Mad TV. Yeah, you never saw that? Never saw it in my life. (laughs) Yo, my son, what's going on? (laughs) That's just so funny, though. But, uh... Let me die and laugh. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that X didn't break. Did you see him trying to, like, hold his laugh in or something? Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't see it. it I'm gonna have to watch it again, because I couldn't see him breaking, because that's so funny, man. Uh, Aerie Spears is one of those guys who is just, like, so underrated, man. Yeah, he's, he's real good with the um, voices, yeah, the but, and stuff. Yeah, he's one of those guys who kind of just fucks himself over by just not, like, kind of like uh, on some Patrice level where it's just like, he's not going to be with the bullshit, he's not going to shuck and jive and smile and, you know, that kind of shit. Even though on one of his albums, he's literally in blackface with a, going like, I'm smiling now, Hollywood, or some shit like that. Have you ever seen that shit? Nah. But yeah, Aries is, Aries is dope. But yeah, I, we're over here talking about... And all this shit. Um, is there another prayer we can use to close out a DMX prayer? Uh, I mean, you can pick any one of them. You can pick the uh, the second one. Pray, pick prayer two. Alexa, play prayer two by DMX. I couldn't find prayer two by DMX, but here is other music by Alexa. DMX. Shut up. Hold on, I'm about to pull it up. Hold on. song ready to meet him so I don't know if it's a separate okay now connected to essential phone so if you play ready to meet him which is which is such a powerful song by DMX then uh it'll be at the very first part of the in the beginning this one right there I don't know yet I thank you lord for my birth and everything that's the one yeah that one alright Thank you, Lord, for my birth and everything that's followed. I thank you, Lord, for today, and I will pray for tomorrow. I thank you, Lord, for the love of my life and the friends. 
I made the promise that I'm loving my wife to the end. I thank you, Lord, for your guidance, because it's all that counts. And right here, right now, Lord, this is your house. I thank you, Lord, for a dream that came true to light. And I ask you to bless everybody in this room tonight. I don't always do the right thing, and I ask you to forgive me, because I need you here with me. Without you in my life, it's empty. I think back how some people did me like violence was the remedy. And because I think of that now, I pray for my enemies. Mm. Not because of what I'll do, but because they don't know. There's something better after here, but everybody won't go. So I ask you to forgive them, and we'll hope they see. And I thank you for the love that they've given to me. I will not abuse it, nor will I lead them astray. You see, I love them like children that I see every day. And I pray, no, we pray together. Get us through the bad weather, and we love you forever. Let your thought and my heart go hand in hand. I first thought, but to start, but I stand a man. And for as long as I can, as long as you permit me, please give me the strength I need to live. Bear with me. Mm. Amen. Amen. All right, Pure Comp, thank you for coming to the show. Thanks, everyone, for checking the live. We're going to go and uh, drop that uh, joint. On the uh, uh, thing, so it'll pop up on Wednesday. And uh, if you like uh, coffee, go check out Typical Div Home Roasted Coffee. We got a promo code going right now, Bloomer. If you go to the website and you type Bloomer at checkout, you will get 10% off on fresh roasted coffee. And you might get a, you might get a free CD. So... You like hip-hop, and you like coffee, and you like dope shit, and you want to support a young black business, you need to go to typicaldiv.com. That's T-Y-P-I-C-A-L-D-I-V as in Victor.com. And you also should check out purecompmusic.com. That's P-U-R-E-C-O-M-P-M-U-S-I-C.com. Is that right? That's correct. All right. Hey. Go check out that clinical, and if you really want to go even deeper, check out that is reality. And if you want to go even deeper, check out the stuff before that. But Pure Comp is a dope MC, and he's definitely doing X some justice with his with his work. Appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Y'all take care. Rest All in right. peace, DMX. Rest in peace, DMX. One. One.